broadcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River. This is the Startup Knox podcast, featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today I'm talking with Sophia Toma, founder of Cardian Labs. Sophia launched Cardian in June 2018. It, it, she has created Hero Software, which stands for Heart Evaluation for Algorithmic Risk Reduction and Optimization. Today, Cardian has raised $26,500 from winning pitch competitions and an additional $25,000 from the U.S. Air Force. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Biggest latest news, you've had a very successful Phase 1 STTR grant uh, where you developed an echocardiogram algorithm in March uh, with excellent results in tandem with the Air Force. Uh, How did you get that grant? And, And tell us about some of the early results. Right, so I got the grant because first I was kind of developing this software targeted for evaluating echocardiograms for people in high-risk situations. So I was working with UT Sports Medicine to continue developing this echocardiogram evaluation software, and I was thinking another area where this could have real benefit would be for military recruits. And so I was looking up these solicitations, and I found one that was specific for uh, businesses working with university accelerators, having some technologies that could help the Air Force. And so I prepared that application and you know didn't know what would happen, but I just sent it in. And it turns out I got the grant, and that was a really great opportunity. Through that grant, I was able to really develop a back-end software product that would analyze relationships between 14 metrics from an echocardiogram and then output if it's normal or abnormal. And that's something that could really help improve the speed of cardiac screenings because it takes under five seconds to output and also possibly help improve the accuracy because on the sample size, on the test data used, the software achieved 99% accuracy. And that accuracy gives a clinician the opportunity to more quickly recommend a path of action, right? So, so maybe they would have otherwise missed somebody who is at high risk of, of heart disease, and so they, they can intercept that, uh, or it may, might confirm some other test data that they have. Yes, it's really a, it's a decision support tool that just helps the doctor to make a more informed decision. It can, according to the doctors that I've spoken to about this, it can really help flag people who are at risk of sudden cardiac arrest. And what that can do is essentially it can help prevent these emergencies before they happen. So you started the company in June 2018. What was the impetus to starting it? How did you have the idea for improving outcomes with respect to cardiac health? And then what steps did you take to actually get started? The idea really grew out of a science project that I had done that year And what that project was, it was using artificial intelligence to improve heart disease risk evaluation. And that just came out of, I was reading about just what a huge problem heart disease is, that I was so shocked to find out that one in three people are misdiagnosed. And I just wondered, what could be done? Like, Is there a possibility? At the time, I was taking this online class on machine learning and data analysis, and I thought this would be a really great application of predictive technology for looking at data relationships and essentially predicting outcomes. And there was a huge need for improvement in in that area for improving the accuracy and speed of screenings. 
And so I developed it into a business just to really get that idea out there and see if doctors would actually use this. And I started the very first thing I did is I started working with the UT Anderson Center and the UT Business Accelerator there. And that mentorship has been absolutely amazing. I really love the entrepreneurship community here. It's been very supportive. Absolutely. Tremendously supportive environment. I know you've done a lot of work uh, with John Bruck, who's my co-conspirator in Startup Knox and is the entrepreneur in residence at University of Tennessee, uh, also at the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center. Uh, You've got a lot of raving fans in Knoxville and a lot of people that are really amazed at your story. So tell us a little bit more about you and your biography, because going back several years, you've been winning major national pitch competitions, uh, science fairs, and you are still today a student while also being a startup founder for Cardian. Yes, thanks. So for a while, I've been developing uh, science projects, particularly with applications of computer science and medicine. And yeah, the science project that Cardian grew out of won first place in medicine at the Intel Science Fair. And that was kind of what sparked me to develop this into a business where I saw this could have real world impact. And you know, at, at that time, I was still really not sure how to go from the science project that had gained some recognition to an actual real world solution. And that's where people like John Brock at the Accelerator have really helped me a lot. And so what, where are you in your studies at University of Tennessee? I'm currently a student at UT. This is my first uh, semester as a full-time student, but I've been taking classes there since I was 13. That's awesome. And I know that when we did the uh, kickoff for the Knoxville Technology Council, uh, you really brought down the house as the youngest uh, presenter there, and people were amazed at the progress that you've made already with Cardian. Talk about the coding. Have you done all the coding and the development for the algorithm and the application yourself, or have you brought in uh, more talent to help you? I've done all of the coding for the backend software itself. I developed the novel algorithmic process that does the data analysis, and that's actually patent pending. But then I was working with the software developer for developing the cloud-based user interface, which is something that would allow a doctor to enter in the metrics of information and then it interfaces with that backend system that I coded to actually, you know, process the input and show the doctor the output. So are your end users here and your your potential future customers, are these uh, individual clinicians, uh, doctor's offices, are these hospitals or hospital systems? Or uh, the examples you used earlier, perhaps uh, the military could be a client or a university on behalf of uh, students and student athletes. Uh, where, where are you focusing your efforts in terms of uh, a customer base? At this current phase, it's mainly university sports programs and DOD, but in the future, definitely looking into health systems as well, possibly licensing to EHR companies, because Cardian is part of these healthcare accelerators the SyncSpace CoLab and Project Healthcare Accelerator programs, and they have been giving some very helpful mentorship as well as potential connections to pilot test clients with health systems. So that's an area for expansion as well. Now, going back a couple months, uh, when the pandemic really started making its sweep around the world, I saw a position paper 
that you wrote and submitted to Launch Tennessee talking about how your algorithm could be useful uh, in addressing COVID-19, especially because there's a relationship there between COVID uh, and uh, cardiac health, obviously. Talk about that a little bit. And are you continuing to pursue that line of business? Right. So that research, that was essentially saying that Cardian software could help flag people at higher risk of mortality from COVID-19 due to underlying cardiac issues, because there is a fairly strong relationship between, say, if someone has these cardiac issues, they're at higher risk of negative outcomes. And so Launch Tennessee, they responded saying that they recommended the proposal to a state procurement officer. But at this stage, I'm not really sure where that's going to go. I know they've had a lot more priorities like for increasing testing capacity, personal protective equipment. So at this stage, I'm not really sure. But just depending on how things progress, I would still pursue that as a potential application. Yeah, it's such a smart application, right? Because it's preventative in nature. So I know we talk a lot about, uh, you know, doing everything that we can in prevention, whether that's social distancing, wearing masks, and then after the fact, you want to do as much as you can with respect to contact tracing, your algorithm would be especially useful in those very early phases of helping people to know, are you at, are you in a special risk category? And if so, you might want to take additional uh, preventative measures to make sure that you stay uh, safe and healthy. What is the next phase with the Air Force? So like you described before, a very successful phase one STTR, does that mean that you go on and apply for a phase two? And if so, what does that look like? Yes. So as of July, uh, yeah, going on exactly a month now, I applied for phase two funding. And the overall goal of that is to develop a commercial product that can be used in, in a practical clinical setting. So some of the objectives for that proposal included developing a system with optical character recognition so that the data goes directly from paper echocardiogram report to the software without a need for manual data entry. Then also cloud-based user interface with the capacity for EHR integration, and then also expanding the functionality of the platform itself to include not only echocardiogram evaluation, but also electrocardiogram evaluation then in addition to a platform for coronary artery calcium scoring, which is something that could be used to monitor the progression of a chronic heart condition. And so for, for any machine learning type application, typically you need access to a pretty large data set so that you can train the algorithm. Um, where have you been able to access data? Is that especially why a big institution like the Air Force is such a great partner because they have a tremendous amount of data for lots of people. Um, where else have you been able to access the data that you've needed in order to, to hone the algorithm? So the first round of data that I accessed was public data from this University of California Irvine machine learning repository. But then when it came to the echocardiogram evaluation, that data was coming from UT Sports Medicine as part of this research study. And then looking towards the future, there's a high potential for accessing more data through the healthcare partners from these accelerators that I'm part of. Gotcha. And so for the plan for the fall, hopefully you will get good news on the phase two and be able to kick that off. How, how, what is your plan for balancing uh, your schoolwork, your course load, with continuing to build uh, Cardian as a company? 
Well, I mean, the good thing, a lot of my classes, the things that I learn in the classes are directly relevant to the business. So it's all kind of very closely related. I'm studying business analytics. And so far, I've had a really great experience with that. And I just think that the classes I'm continuing to take now are actually going to really help as I continue to build the business. No doubt. I mean, I think that's probably the best uh, way to phrase a testimonial for the courses that you're taking, which is that you're able to immediately put them into action in support of building your company. Um, I think that's just a, a perfect example of, of the value of the degrees that, that, that you're pursuing at University of Tennessee. What do you think is next for Cardian? Are you looking to bring more people into the fold to help you develop the company, either from a business side and or a technical side? Are you looking to, to raise money in order to expand that way? Or are you going to continue to follow the kind of the phase two and see where that takes you? What are, what are your plans for 2020 going into 2021? Possibly, yes. I think that the main plan is to continue developing these relationships with the potential, the pilot test partners, that this is something that can really, you know, prove clinical feasibility. And if I'm developing the software catered to these specific potential clients' needs, I think that's something that can really build a relationship. And then I'm also looking towards, you know, partnering with software developers for ensuring the Cardian software can really integrate with existing workflow. That's kind of the main, that's what all of Cardian's main future milestones center around, is ensuring that the software can integrate seamlessly with existing workflow so that the screening process can be made much more efficient for doctors. So, So this would be something where you would have, let's say, an API that would connect with popular system used by health systems and doctor's offices so that, like you say, seamlessly, they could click a button, get a score, get a report from Cardian, it would be integrated into the main uh, healthcare record for the patient. Yes, that's definitely one approach with the EHR integration, but then some others that I'm also looking into and would ideally like to offer are mobile platforms because I've spoken to some doctors who said that they would prefer it as a mobile platform that they can use while they're on the move. That's especially helpful for sports physicians. So that's another option for workflow integration. And then another option is an app using optical character recognition because some doctors also get the echocardiogram reports on paper and that optical character recognition would help to transfer those metrics from paper to the computer algorithm, again, with minimal uh, data entry or effort on the part of the doctor for uh, getting those inputs. Makes sense. And, and one of the great things about STTR funding is that it's, it's non-dilutive, right? And so you get to progress a lot farther in terms of an R&D process and closer to product market fit uh, with that funding. When you get through that phase two, is there another phase beyond that? Or is that a time at which you think you would seek uh, investor support, or do you think that you'll be able to get this uh, to market and start to get paying customers on board and kind of cash flow it from there? It depends. Phase two is estimated to last around a year, and then there is a phase three, which would look like, as far as I know, the Air Force becoming a paying customer, and then 
just down the road, I am definitely looking into getting paying clients. That would be ideal. And also, I'm open to the possibility of taking on additional investment. That's something, even though uh, Cardine is not currently actively raising, I would just always be open to conversations. And then the platform that you're building, I know your initial focus, and it's a huge focus, right? Because like you said, about a third of people are misdiagnosed for something that's very important, heart disease. But potentially, the platform that you're building, the algorithm that you've developed could be trained on other data sets, other data points, right? So potentially, uh, it could have applications with other disease vectors. What other areas are you particularly interested in potentially going forward? Yes, yeah, so Cardian software can essentially be used as this very flexible platform, as you were saying, because it's really what I've developed for the software is a framework that can be applied to analyze relationships between essentially whatever sort of data is available. So some areas that particularly interest me are machine learning for improving colorectal cancer diagnosis, as well as the machine learning for concussion diagnosis. That's something that would also fit well with Cardian's mission of improving health outcomes within sports medicine. Gotcha. Are there any other students at UT that you're working with or that you you seek to work with? Obviously, tremendous amount of talent in the undergrad and graduate programs. Are you doing any work with others who are studying data analytics, machine learning, uh, art for the purpose of designing the software, the user experience lab? Are those uh, relationships that you have now or are pursuing? Yes, actually, the software developer that I was working with is a student at UT studying computer science. Very cool. Love that. And so uh, right now, in addition to going to school, building the company, uh, are you reading any books that you're particularly enjoying? Uh, Yes, I was actually uh, considering the applications of deep learning in medicine. There's this one book called Deep Medicine by Eric Topol, which is particularly about how artificial intelligence can be used as a decision support tool and how essentially what a real strength of AI in medicine is, is that it can help doctors, that it's not a replacement for human expertise, but there are many ways that it can really help guide a doctor's decision and help them kind of transition from just big data to intelligent data. Love that. And and any podcast that you're listening to? I was listening to 99% Invisible. And I was actually taking an architecture class this summer semester at UT, which is some of those assignments really exposed me to that. And I found it very interesting. So is that a podcast about architecture? Yeah, they've had some segments on architecture and design. Nice. Uh, Who are you following online or or what topics are you following right now? Um, Currently, I'd say I'm definitely following emerging applications of deep learning, artificial intelligence-based technology, because this is a field that's changing very rapidly. And so I'm always interested to see, you know, what are the latest developments because these technologies also really do build off of each other. And just doing research in this field is something that helps give me ideas for how I could improve the software that I'm developing or just what could be done to continue 
kind of expanding upon existing ideas in the field. As you project forward, and this is a hard thing to do, especially in a year like 2020, where lots of things have happened that nobody particularly predicted. But as you look forward, do you think, do you anticipate that you'll continue your studies into graduate school? Do you think you'll finish undergrad and go straight into focusing 100% time in Cardian? What, what path do you think the next few years will bring for you? I'm planning on getting an MBA, but I would still like to continue developing Cardian with an eye towards an ultimate exit strategy of selling the business to, say, a larger medical software provider or EHR company. Fantastic. That's exciting. What's the best way for people to learn more about the company? Uh, We have a website. It's cardianlab.com. And I also have, we have a page on LinkedIn as well. But yeah, just check out the website cardianlab.com as well as the scientific research paper that I wrote describing this algorithm, which is available on my personal research gate. Super. And I will uh, make sure to include the link uh, to the company website in the show notes. What's the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? Thank you. I have um, email, several emails. My personal email is ntomov at vols.utk.edu. And then my business email is just info at cardianlab.com. Fantastic. Sophia, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing the story of Cardian. Uh, Super excited about it. I've been enjoying cheering you on from the sidelines as you've won pitch competitions. You're an incredible representative of University of Tennessee and for the entire Knoxville entrepreneurial community. Every time you speak, I always hear feedback from people that say, that is so inspirational. She is doing awesome work. We look forward to hearing more about where Sophia will take this company and where she will go in the future. So you've got a lot of raving fans in Knoxville and we're all uh, cheering you on. Let us know how we can help you continue to grow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm so honored to be included on this podcast. I think the work that you're doing for the Knoxville entrepreneurship community is really amazing. It's my pleasure. And thank you everybody for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. If you like the show, you can subscribe to listen to more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. Please also leave a review on Apple, Google, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. If you want to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupnox.com. Also on our site, you can find a startup ecosystem guide, a startup directory, an investor directory, and a curated startup events calendar for Knoxville. Join me for the next episode where I'll talk with serial entrepreneur Bill Malkus about his latest startup, Nell One Therapeutics, an early stage biopharmaceutical company advancing the development of novel regenerative medicine therapies based on the functional activities of the Nell One protein. Thanks for listening.